Constance. And I'm Lucinda. And together in our Kids Love podcast, we're going to take a look at how it will affect children as we grow up. So what are we going to look at in this episode, Emma Constance? Well, I want to know more about the risks that children face online and how young people can be protected when they use the internet. We all know there are many great things about being online, such as connecting with friends and family. However, we do need rules to protect users, especially children and young people, from harm and to help them learn how to use the various activities safely, such as gaming, online conversations and sharing pictures, videos and information. This is because it's not always obvious whom they're connecting with. And also, information posted online cannot always be trusted. There are a number of organisations who aim to help and protect young people and offer advice and support and also campaign for safer online spaces. One of these is the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children, known as the NSPCC. Let's talk to Andy Burrows from NSPCC, who is Head of Child Safety Online Policy. Hello, Andy. Thank you so much for joining us on our Kids Law podcast. We are so pleased to have you here. Can you please tell us about the most common risks and crimes committed against children online? Can you give us some examples? Definitely. And thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We know that the internet can be so fantastic for children and young people, whether that is going on social networks, gaming, to stay in touch with family and friends. And over the last couple of years, of course, during COVID-19, that's been so important, more so than ever. But the internet is not without risks. And we know that children and young people face very particular harms and greater harms than perhaps adults do. So there's a range of risks there. Children can be subject to bullying. We know that there's a real risk of children being presented with um, inappropriate forms of content. Um, That could be age-inappropriate content, material that promotes dangerous behaviours like suicide or self-harm. And sometimes that's not because um, a young person is actively looking to seek out that content, but it's because of the way in which the platforms work, the way in which the algorithms learn and put content at the top of our timelines, at the top of our feet. And we also know that there's risks where children can be contacted by adults, by people who might claim to be someone that in fact that they're not. And it's really important that we see children have proper protection from the range of those threats. And a lot of those harms are the results of how social networks and gaming services have been designed. And very often what we've seen in the absence of laws is that these products, these services have been designed with a very strong commercial purpose. They're designed to try and make really attractive products that children and young people will want to spend a long time on. But children's safety hasn't very often been front of mind for the same companies when they are developing those services. And that's why we see a lot of the problems that we do. So to think of an example, think about in just in the last few years, how live streaming and live videos become a really 
core part of what what children can do on social networks now that carries lots of increased risks because you know if a child is live streaming or broadcasting a video it's live it's visual it's immediate it means that anyone can make comments in real time and that presents lots of additional risks and we need to make sure that then the the companies that are offering these services are really thinking about those risks and making sure that the products are as safe as they possibly can be. What sort of protections do social media platforms have and should they be doing more? So generally, social networks haven't done anywhere nearly enough to keep children safe. Nearly all social network sites only allow children to use their services when they're aged 13 or over. But we know that those rules are not enforced. So the vast majority of children, by the time that they reach 10 or 11, have at least one social media account, and very often they will have several, and are using gaming products. We have seen some welcome steps from companies to try and make their sites safer. So, for example, TikTok has thought about the the risks that children could face as a result of being able to be messaged by other users. So if you are under 16, then TikTok now will no longer allow you to have a direct message, a private message sent to you by people that you don't know. That's a really good idea because that helps to ensure that then children can only communicate with people that they know and trust And they've got some really good measures to try and ensure that then children aren't disturbed with those pinging notifications that are really designed to try and make sure that we're on the sites as as often as possible. And so TikTok has taken measures to turn off those notifications for for children overnight. So after nine o'clock for users aged between 13 and 15. So those are some really good examples of where platforms are thinking about steps to make sure that their service is safe, that they're considering the well-being of children and young people. Are there laws to protect children online? So there are laws to protect children online, but we've been really playing catch up because We've seen technology, we've seen social networks, we've seen gaming platforms grow. We've seen them become such a really core part of children's lives. And that's happened quicker than we've seen laws and legislation be able to keep up. And until a few years ago, it would only be an offence for an adult looking to cause harm to a child to then go on and meet that child in person. And we know that actually very often, lots of the harms are with no intention of actually looking to meet a child in person, but it will be about asking a child, coercing a child to send pictures of themselves and those types of threats. So we have seen new laws be introduced, but overall, we are still playing catch up. We don't have legal responsibilities on the tech companies, the likes of Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or gaming sites like Roblox to think about children's safety when they are designing and running their services. And that's why here at the NSPCC, we've been really pushing for 
the introduction of new legislation, the Online Safety Bill. And what that would essentially do is place what we call a duty of care on tech companies. So this is a really uh, broad responsibility on companies, whether that's a gaming site, whether that's a social network that children are likely to use, then you should have a clear legal requirement to consider all of the types of risks that children could face. And then you have to ensure that you've taken reasonable steps to make sure that your site is as safe as it possibly can be. So this legislation, the online safety bill, is now being developed, needs to pass through Parliament. And if this is passed and becomes law, then it can be a real game changer, making sure that these sites sites are really fundamentally safe because they're safe from the very start. They're safe from how they're designed. Is there a law against bullying online? And who should children speak to if it happens to them? So right now, uh, there's only a law for very extreme cases of bullying. And we know that very often the bullying that children and young people will face that can be so hugely upsetting wouldn't necessarily reach that level, but can still be hugely upsetting and hugely damaging. So our advice to any child or young person that finds themselves in that situation is to know that you are not alone. You shouldn't have to deal with that bullying. And if you speak to a trusted adult, that you know could be a parent, it could be a teacher, then you can tell them what's happening and you can work together to make things better. You can tell the school and make sure that they can take steps to protect you. And also then you can report it to the social media company or the gaming platform and ask them to take action as well. And that's why it's really important that children know that they're not alone. And I should say as well that we've got a fantastic service called Childline, a telephone service, we've got a text service, we've got email, so whatever you feel comfortable with, and we can always offer you help and support as well. How does the NSPCC and your work help in this area? So the NSPCC has been going for over 130 years and our fundamental objective is to try and keep children safe, to protect children from harm and from abuse and from neglect. And over the last decade or so, as online has become such an important part of children's lives, so it's become a really fundamental part of our work too, because we want to keep children safe wherever they are. And we know that online is so important to children, whether that is through having a smartphone, whether that is through using social media or gaming services through a tablet. So here at the NSPTC, what we've really been doing over the last few years is campaigning to try and make sure that we have new laws through this new online safety bill that can put children's safety really front and centre in how companies build and develop new services. So if a company wanted to develop a new product or a new service, then they have to be able to show that they have considered the types of risks that children could face as a result of using a new platform. And that's really what we're trying to do through this new online safety bill.
Which other areas of the internet, apart from social media, can create risks for children? Well, we know that when an internet service enables children to speak to other users, then there is a real risk. So a couple of examples. We know that chat apps can be, private messaging apps can be, can be really dangerous. Sites like WhatsApp or Kick or other messaging services that lots of children and young people use can be very high risk. The messaging function on sites like Instagram. And that's because those messages are private. In some cases, there's technology in place that means that only the person who sends those messages and only the person who receives them can see the contents of those messages. And people who are looking to cause harm to children will try and send messages to children in those private spaces because it makes it much harder for anyone else to then detect harm that's taking place. Also, disappearing messages. For example, Snapchat, where you can send a message and then it will disappear. Again, if people wish to cause harm, it will make it harder for the companies or for the police to be able to understand and piece together what's happening. We know that then chat forums, again, they can be really fantastic. They can enable children to identify and make friends with people who have shared interests, but they can also be very harmful. So we know, for example, that there's forums where children can be targeted by those who might want to radicalise them, a range of really dangerous things like suicide or self-harm or dangerous comments about body image. And another of the real risks can be that not everything that we see online is true or factually correct. And we know that there are real problems with people who look to spread inaccurate or false things online. So during the pandemic, we've seen lots of people spread false things about vaccines. What about games and talking to people we don't know whilst we play? How safe is this space for children? Well, gaming can be such a great way of being entertained, of being able to play with your friends, but there are risks there about communicating with other users. We know that there can be lots of bullying on gaming spaces, inappropriate comments. They can be targeting someone because of their gender or their identity or, or just seeing that someone else is being bullied and harassed online. There can be real intimidation unless the services are, are properly run. One of the things with this new law, with the Online Safety Bill, that we need to get right is that it can protect children and young people, but it can also help to ensure that children and adults are still able to use free speech. It's really important that we do that. There is a legal right to be able to, to speak freely on online services. This idea of free speech cuts both ways. So children, and adults should have the opportunity and the ability to express their opinion and, and to, to say things both online and in real life. But this is also about having the ability to participate. And if there's, for example, a gaming platform that just feels 
very nasty. It feels very toxic because of so much bullying and so much intimidation. Then we know that not everyone, not every child, not every young person will feel comfortable or safe going on that service. As young people develop at different rates, how can laws be designed to protect children of different ages online? So I think this is a really, really important question. And what we've seen is in the development of a new piece of law called the Children's Code, a companion piece alongside the online safety bill, overseen by the ICO, the Information Commissioner, a set of requirements on companies, not just to consider children and young people as one big single group, but to recognise that children of 8 or 10 or 13 years old or a teenager at 16 or 17 are clearly at very different stages of growing up. And so the Children's Code puts a requirement on companies to think about children at different stages and to make sure that there are different variations of their service that are offered to children at particular ages and make sure that the product is tailored for different users. And that requires the platform to understand how old a child or young person is using the platform. And there's a range of ways in which companies can do that. Some of that, which is about when you open an account and you'll very often be asked to enter your birthday. Some of that will be about understanding what type of videos or what type of posts you look at so that they can understand how old you're likely to be. So there's a range of ways in which platforms can think about and try and work out how old you're likely to be. And that would mean that then as you grow older, then more products, more services might be available to you. And that is a really clever way of ensuring that then children get a really safe and tailored experience that isn't fixed, it isn't static, but it can change as as, as children themselves grow up and are ready to explore the online world in a different way. What age do you think is safe for a child to have a smartphone? At the NSPCC, what we always say is that this should be a conversation between children and parents. So there's no magic age because every child and every young person is different. So we say once a child gets a phone, this is about then having a conversation and agreeing a set of rules, a set of guidelines about what a child should be doing on that phone. So which sites, which apps might you download? and have on your phone? How might you use the phone? Having a conversation about what happens if something happens that makes you feel worried or uncomfortable. And so this is about then starting to have regular conversations and agreeing as a family and as a household, a set of rules. And you know, I think a really good way of doing this is not only setting those rules about how a child uses their device, but also some of those applying to um, to parents as well, to mum and dad. So, you know, one of those conversations might be about how often do you use your phone and do you use your phone at certain times of day? 
And, you know, probably there'll be lots of kids listening to this who will then think, well, I put my phone away at meal times or at specified times of the day. But then I see my mum pick up her phone and say, oh, this is an important message. And actually, this is a good conversation that the children and parents and a whole family could have together so they can help children to stay safe. But actually, they can set some good ground rules for adults as well. Do you have advice about the minimum settings on devices to help children stay safe on the internet? So this is a really, really good question. And it's one of the ways in which parents and grown-ups can really help children to stay safe. So there are certain settings, privacy controls, that can be put onto your phone or onto particular apps and games that can help you to stay safer. So they can control whether an app can say where you are, what your location is. And it's always a really good idea to have those turned off so that you're in control of what the app and what other users know about who you are. So that can be a range of things, for example, that if you open an account on a platform like TikTok, then your account can be paired with a parent. And so that means that if you start to have things that might be uncomfortable, then a parent can keep an eye on what those types of harms and experiences might be. And there's also some really good measures that certain companies have introduced on both iPhones and on Android devices that can set screen time. They can turn off notifications at certain times of the day. So for example, uh, you can set rules that can give you certain amounts of screen time every day or that can turn off notifications at certain times of day or night. And that can be really good to ensure that you don't get notifications after a certain point in the evening. And you can work with parents or with family members to think about how you can use those tools and rules and ensure that then you have the best possible experience online and you're using websites and gaming services in a way that is fun and that is exciting but that's really good for your well-being and helps to keep you safe from some of those risks. But remember that you're not alone in this and as a child or young person or if you're a parent listening to this, you can go to the NSPCC's website. We've got lots of fantastic tools and resources and guidance that can help you as a family to have these conversations about how to use phones and devices really well. And if you are a child, remember that you can always come to Childline for help and support and advice. Anything that might be worrying that you want to talk about, we're always here to help. So you can give us a call. Our telephone number is 0800 1111. Or if you go to our Childline website, then you can send us a text, you can send us an email. And we're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We've got lots of really brilliant, friendly people ready to pick up the phone or reply to you online and they can help whatever the problem might be, however big, however small, because no child should ever feel that they're alone on any of these issues. And we're always at the NSPCC on Childline, really, really here to help. I have a question I ask all of our guests. What were you like at 10 and what did you imagine you would go on to be as an adult? What was I like at 10? 
Well, I tell you what, at 10 years old, the internet was not something ever dreamed would even be a thing. So at, at 10 years old, I would be out kicking a football around, out in the garden, but I had a Nintendo Game Boy, which I actually spent far too much, far too much time on, far too much time on. Still black and white because I'm now feeling really, really old. They weren't even colour at, at that point. Did I know what I would go on to be? I don't think I did. But one of the things that's really great about this job is that you can really help people and you can talk with MPs and with companies and with lawmakers. So I think though I didn't necessarily know that this job would exist and doing what I would have liked to have done as a kid, which is something that can really make an impact and really help to ensure that people live you know, better, safer lives. That's great. Thank you so much, Andy, for coming on our podcast and telling us how to stay safe online. Do you have any final advice for children who want to understand more about this area or may need to get help from the NSPCC? So really, it's to say you can always use our Childline service. You can always come to us for, for help, for advice or talk to a trusted adult, whether that's a parent, a teacher, a community worker, because, you know, the online world can be fantastic and exciting, but we know that sometimes scary, bad, uncomfortable things can happen. And you should always feel that you can talk to an adult because then they can work with you and help you and make that situation better. What do you think about what Andy told us? Andy told us that children are at a greater risk of harm online than adults because the platforms and networks are not designed with safety for children in mind. Luckily, there is a new law going through Parliament called the Online Safety Bill, which will place a legal requirement on tech companies to take reasonable steps to protect children from online bullying and age-inappropriate content. There is also the Children's Code, which means that tech companies should recognise that children at different ages will need different access to features. Also, Andy said that children and parents need to discuss internet use and agree rules and look at settings to protect them. In our podcast, we've been exploring how laws work and affect young people. All of these things help children understand their rights and responsibilities so that they can make informed decisions, not only about their lives, but also about voting for MPs who make the laws and understanding how the legal justice system works. It's also important that children know that they should be kept safe and that adults must care for them. Remember, if you have any worries, talk to an adult you trust and tell them how you feel. This includes your teachers at school who are there to look after you too, so tell them that you need to talk to them. Keep your questions coming in. Please subscribe, rate and share the podcast with your friends. See you soon in the next episode. Bye. Bye.